0: So uh, happy Independence Day, but ironically today I'm actually going to preach a message of dependence, which is probably a good reminder for we Americans, um, for, I mean for us Americans. And um, I have a question for you, maybe it's a trick question to think about at the beginning. Okay? Do you feel like a child or an adult? Do you feel like a child or an adult? Are you a child or an adult? I'm not asking whether you behave like a child or an adult. Um, Think about that. Here are some thoughts that I found on the subject. Growing old is mandatory, but growing up is optional. Boys never grow up, their toys just get bigger and bigger. We never really grow up, we just learn how to behave in public. Maybe some people haven't yet, I don't know. Some, some people are like trees, they take forever to grow up. Or this one, I haven't changed, I just see things differently now. And uh, maybe that's a key one for this morning. Uh, sometimes we need to see things differently. In other words, we need to see things the way God, from God's viewpoint, and not from uh, the viewpoint of the world around us. Um, Let's start out by looking at Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 13. Jesus talked about children and adults. He said, uh, well, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. So... um. You know, what Jesus said, the key words there, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And the key word there, I think, is receive. Um, what, what does Jesus mean when he says that we must receive the kingdom of God like a little child? Well, children seem to be able to trust Without leaning so much on their understanding. Which is uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That famous verse, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Here it says, submit to him. And he will make your paths straight. Um, Children seem to be able to do that, right? In fact, I I think in the church, we, we have a problem. Sometimes we think, oh... Well, they can't possibly become a Christian until they're old enough to understand. Well, that totally contradicts um, what Jesus said right there. On the contrary, children seem to be able to trust from a very young age, maybe from the beginning, because if you're a mom, you know uh, that children know their mom and they feel secure when they're with their mom or their dad. Uh, You try to take a one-year-old away from His mom you'll hear about it usually right because he trusts his mom and so uh, that's that's one way that we need to be like a little child Uh, children are also humble Um, sometimes we quickly lose our humility but it's in a sense of um, not being of in high position right children are dependent on their parents Children are subject to their parents' authority. So in, a, in, recent, in the last couple of months, we've been doing a series on, on poverty versus prosperity. And um, this message is, is something that's um, kind of a theme in my life. It's something actually uh, that I first taught with my friend Adrian and uh, another friend Chris in China. We taught on a weekend retreat. Uh, with Chinese believers, China, it was all guys, and it was it was based on um, depending on God. You know, in China, we discovered that money, money is a big thing. Like being a foreigner, anytime I'd get in a taxi, anytime I'd sit down and talk with a, uh, a shopkeeper or something like that, the first thing they'd want to know is how much money I make, and. Um, They were curious because I was in America. They think think all Americans are rich, Um, and in a sense we are. Uh, But um, so that was something that that we taught there. But it's it's really a theme of my life, and that is um, the Lord's provision as our Father. Um, Here are some sayings. Do any of these sayings sound familiar to you? These are good American sayings. I discovered that though the communists in China like sayings like this too, self-dependence, uh, things like uh, "no pains, no gains," which is uh, it's it's kind of true, but um, remember, communism doesn't believe in God, and so you have to depend on yourself. Well, these are some famous sayings. One, you've got to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Heard that one before? God helps those who help themselves. You have to earn a living. You have to make your own way in this world. You have to provide for yourself. And uh, do we believe those things? Are those good ideas? Well, um, you know, we live in America. It's a culture of independence and self-reliance, at least traditionally it was that way. And uh, there's definitely some truth in those statements, right? First of all, hard work is good, and being responsible, taking responsibility is a good thing, right? Okay, so I'm not saying that those things aren't true, but as Christians, we're children in God's family, right? We need to see things differently than our culture does. Specifically, our culture and every culture I've been to worries a lot about money, and, uh, you know, we bear a great burden. How are we going to obtain what we need now? How are we going to, we, we think about the future. How am I going to have the money for, for the future? Um, the biggest problems in our government right now are over things like health care. How are we going to take care of people's needs? How am I going to have what I'll have to have in case something bad happens? And it's really a heavy load. And we add on to that our, our tendency to want to uh, fulfill all of our material desires, right? And, th- and then also another kind of idea, we, we like to impress people. And so that, that adds to that load, that worry about provision. Um, we can really get stressed and sidetracked. How many of you have ever gotten stressed about money? How many of you worried about money at all this morning? It's only 11 o'clock. I have, and I'm preaching about it this morning. Um, but God doesn't want us uh, to bear that burden. Let's compare that with what Jesus, another thing Jesus said in Matthew 6. And we've heard this in the past weeks too in the, in the good sermons we've had about, about provision and, um, and God's prosperity. He said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? It's a good question to think about. Stop and think about that. Do you think you're more valuable to God than the birds and the animals around us? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to his life? Therefore, I tell you, oh, sorry, (laughs) and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I've heard that word this morning already. Um, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can anybody say amen to that? That's a good word from the Lord. Now I'm gonna rephrase the question that I started out with. According to this passage, are you a child or an adult? Answer. Child, I would say. Yeah? Half and half. Half and half, okay. But the key concept that Jesus is telling us about is that we have a father who takes responsibility to provide for our needs, right? We who are in Christ are members of his family. We are his children. Now, as far as provision is concerned, even in our culture, uh, children are not meant to carry the burden of providing basic necessities for their own lives, right? Now what, what, what kind of necessities are we talking about? Food, right? Food and water. Shelter. Health care. Education, Right? cell phone service, cable TV. Um, well, the basic necessities. any. We do not ask children in our culture to provide, and that's right. Um, those responsibilities rightly fall on the parents. And in our culture, which is right, parents who refuse to arrange for provision for the basic needs for their children are considered guilty of neglect, right, child neglect. And rightly so. So likewise, if God is indeed our Father, then the responsibility for provision for our basic needs falls on Him. Am I right? Does that not logically make sense? Yeah. Um, And this agrees with what we just read that Jesus said. So another question, is, is this a message of irresponsibility? Because doesn't it say in the Bible that he who does not work shall not eat? It does. It does. Uh, does it, doesn't it say that anyone who does not provide for a family member in need is worse than an unbeliever? It does say that too. But I think the key verse in Jesus' teaching is this one. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Okay, so this is a very, very simple message, but there are two parts to that, right? We have a part. What is our part? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. What's God's part? He will give us all these other things that we need. And he knows what it is that we need. He knows we need the internet access, right? Um, at least we think he does. Um, so in any, you know, in any proper family, children are given work to do by their parents. How many of you kids here have chores, have jobs to do? Right? And that's, and that's right. You know, um, even for babies, their work is to what, eat, sleep, poop, look cute, not necessarily in that order. For young children, uh, creative play, learning obedience are kind of the main uh, skills that they're supposed to be learning. Uh, As children go into school, being diligent in their schoolwork, developing skills building good relationships with others, doing their household chores, that becomes their work, right? Now, I, I think back to when I was a child. Um, I remember starting in kindergarten, my mom and dad made me uh, take part in doing the dishes every night. I think from the time I was five or six until I got out of the house, I did some part of the, the dishes every night. I had to take care of my room, clean my room, make sure my bed was made, Right. Um, As I got into elementary school, my dad made me do outdoor work, raking leaves in the yard, mowing the lawn, edging, stuff like that. Um, So then when I was like 12 years old, my dad, uh, he arranged for me to mow our neighbor's lawn. They were an elderly couple. The husband had Alzheimer's. Uh, For five dollars, I got to mow their lawn every week. Um, He arranged for me to mow my Aunt Sally's lawn, I'd ride my bike over there and mow her lawn. I got paid a bottle of pop. (laughs) That's soda for people who grew up here. Um, You know, there there may have been times at that time I'd be tempted to uh, complain that my dad was not a very good salary negotiator. (laughs) And um, at those times it would have been good if I'd Go into the future and think that he was going to uh, pay my tuition to a a top notch Lutheran school for all of high school, and he would make sure that I got through college at Valparaiso uh, for four years without any student loans, without any debt at all. Um, You know, he did look out for my provision. Yeah, I earned some scholarships as a good student uh, as a high, in high school. I got a job working at the grocery store. Uh, in college, I got a job working at the airport, outdoor maintenance stuff. And so I would contribute what I could. But he made sure that I did not worry about earning enough. I didn't have that burden of worry upon myself. And I'm grateful to my dad for that. Uh, I, have a, I have a friend a good friend in high school and his dad said college is your responsibility and even even though he had some means to do it he, he, I guess he was trying to teach his son something but um, he didn't he didn't and I was kind of felt bad for my my friend I was very grateful for my dad that he he was willing to do that. Um, you know, growing up, I was never concerned for paying any of, for any of life's necessities. My parents never laid that burden on me. But in the same way, they made sure that I did not grow up as a lazy child, that I wouldn't become a lazy person. So I think this is the meaning of seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. As children in God's family, our responsibility, there are two sides. Our responsibility is to find out what he asks us to do and to do it with the best of our ability. Now, sometimes that can be a trick. What is, what is he calling us to do? We really need to learn to pay attention to what he's saying, right? Um, but, that's, but that's our job. His responsibility is to provide for us all that we need. Now, sometimes, for a lot of us, it seems that those two concepts... Are connected and it's in the form of our paycheck right um, in my life Kathy's in my life it hasn't been that way um, but we all would do well to um, to keep those things separate uh, the work that God assigns to us and his provision for us are really two separate things yeah sometimes they are connected But he's the father, we are the children. He is the provider. He is also the father and he asks us to do work. And we are the children, we obey him and follow his direction. And I would suggest that if we can keep those separate it's gonna help us not to worry about money and provision. um, To trust him. I think I can safely say that if my primary goal after graduating from college had been to provide for myself financially, I would not have followed the career path that Kathy and I have been on for 25 years or whatever it's been. How many years has it been? Goodness. Um, At some point before I was released into the world of adults, I learned somehow to yield my path to the Lord's will and, and pray that he would lead me to the work that he wanted me to do. And I hope that's something God wants for all of us. And so he guided me to switch from engineering, which I had started majoring in in college, to elementary education, which is uh, quite different. And the pay scale at, after you graduate is a little bit different too. Um, when I graduated, he, I prayed, God, your will be done. And he opened up a job for me here at Christian Outreach School. And I signed a contract and they would pay me $11,500 a year. And I didn't grow up that long ago. Even then, that's, that's about a half of a salary, I think, uh, for a beginning teacher. And that would be in a, in the middle of the Midwest, um, but you know what, since then, our life has been a continuous lesson of his fatherly provision. And it starts out with Lola and Norma, that shortly after I agreed to come teach here, I got a call from them or an offer from them to come live at their house in a dome home for $85 a month rent. And even back then, that was like a pittance, right? That's, and I, I'm so grateful to you for, for, letting the Lord work through you. Um. (laughs) And uh, that was just the beginning of the Lord's provision. Uh, Kathy and I could come up here and stand all day. We won't because we have to pack for our trip. But um, to tell you testimonies of the Lord's provision in our life together. And, you know, our tax forms might suggest that we are poor. (laughs) Uh, they, they would suggest that but uh, we live a life of ample provision we really have I mean a few questions here how many renters this is from the beginning of our marriage how many renters um, have like 20 acres at their disposal for bow hunting whenever they want to surrounding their house or a fishing pond across the street whenever I want to go fish but that's that's what God provided for us um, How many families have traveled the world as much as ours has, including winter holidays to Thailand and Hong Kong? We had to do those because that's called our conference. But, um, you know, we took our kids back and forth nine times out of ten years across the Pacific and back. And now I think about doing that and, like, how did we ever get that kind of money? (laughs) But... um, God provided, and how many families that have teenagers have a hundred acre yard with a basketball court and a soccer field and trails in the woods to hike? We do. (laughs) Um, It doesn't belong to us, but it really doesn't matter if it belongs to us. Um, How many people can say that they've never been late on any bills? or ever in debt, not counting Kathy's student loans, because her dad wasn't quite as good a provider as my, no, <laughs> just, um, just that, that's a joke by the way. Um, but, but that's the truth, I'm not trying to brag or anything, I'm trying to brag on, on the Lord, because he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given to you as well. Um, I'm just talking about his faithfulness, not saying anything good about us or trying to brag or anything. Um, How many teachers' families have been served lavish dinners at fancy restaurants, including uh, foie gras, and and eating with important dignitaries? Uh, But that's what happened to us in China. How many of you ever had foie gras? So this was a couple weeks before we left China in 2012. And uh, we were being taken out to dinner to, in a very expensive restaurant by um, the department that I taught for. And so uh, those guys couldn't speak English very well, that that group of leaders. Uh, but uh, they started, during the meal, they started bringing in plates with individual servings of this dish on it, which is strange in China because everything's in the middle and, Family style, right? So they started bringing this, and I said, "Well, what's this?" And the guy said, "Well, this is—I uh, don't know what to call it—but uh, all Americans really like it. it. So we know that you will like this." And I was like, "Really? Oh, what? What is it?" <laughs> and um, and so I, in Chinese, I said, "Well, what is it?" And he's—he said, "Udon," and I was like, "Udon." goose liver I was, and I didn't tell the kids you know, like, you know you, you're in those situations you have to accept and, in, and look like you're enjoying everything and actually I hate liver I, I can't stand liver my mom that was one of the kinds of work my parents made me do eat liver when I was young and um, I don't think they eat it anymore but um they figured out it's not really that good for you, uh, but um, yeah. So so we all ate it. Actually, it tasted pretty good. If it wasn't liver inside, it would have been really good. Um, and everybody everybody did a good job on that. Good job, family. Um, but you know, I, I was like, how in the world did he think they think that this was something that all Americans like? But. The week after I got back, I saw something in the news, and I realized in California that they, there was this dish in California that was against the law because they force feed geese Uh it's, it's I guess cruelty to animals they they have the anyway they, they force feed geese for a few weeks before they kill them, and it makes their liver swell up, and so it 's more delicious that way, I guess um, <laughs> The French are strange people, but it, it's it's famous French cuisine is what it is, and uh, famous the world over, and uh, so they were honoring us by giving us this expensive dish, and we try not to think about the geese that suffered for, uh, no, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean the Lord, the Lord has honored us, we, and it's not that we deserve it. But he is a good father. Now, I've been talking about our life. I will say this. God's career and provision path for us will not be the same as his path for you. Because we're different. Right? But he has a path. My brother John uh, graduated as an engineer. He's always had a good job working for established companies. But he... His, he and his wife's work is as much the Lord's work as ours is. In other words, God, God has different callings for different people, but each one is important no matter where he calls you. The most important thing is if you're going and doing what he calls you to do where he calls you to do it. And I, I understand that ours is a bit unusual. Um, but my brother also knows that their provision is as much from the Lord as ours is and the reason why is because they are children of the same heavenly father as we have and he's found out a few occasions that suddenly he's lost his good job and without salary right but the Lord provides the next step the next place that he wants him to be and it's the same for you So Paul taught about living as children in God's family in a much broader scope and greater depth in Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to read it. As I read it, I'd like you to pay attention to certain phrases that are repeated. And one of them is, in Christ, or in Jesus, or through Jesus. Ones like that. And I want you to pay attention if there are any other phrases that are repeated in these verses. Um, Also, notice what it says about us as believers in Christ and why we came to be that way okay actually I'm going to start at verse three Ephesians 1 3 praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight In conformity to the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So first of all, how many times did you count in him? In his, yeah, I'm, 11 or 12 is what I got, which seems to suggest to me that there's a, that's an important concept that he wanted to emphasize, okay? And um, well, so, some important points of this passage, our membership in God's family, it's an adoption, right? That comes in Christ Jesus through his grace. There's no other way to say it, right? It's all by by grace and it's only in Jesus Christ. That's the only way. There's no glory for us. How many times does it repeat that? Like 12 times? So um, know this, your provision as God's child, whatever kind you may need, it only comes to you, how? By his grace. And through whom? Through Jesus Christ. Through the cross, through what he's done for you. That's the only way. That is where it comes from. So just think about this. When you're tempted to worry about your financial needs or other needs, think about it is where does it come from it comes from jesus christ is that a dependable source yes Yes. all right another point is that his provision for us like every other spiritual blessing we receive from the father is for what purpose and why did why did he do that why did he adopt us why did he come up with this plan this great plan for us why does he have this great inheritance for us who don't deserve it? What's, what's another phrase that was repeated three times? It might be for the praise of his glory. And so no credit for it goes to us. The reason that we belong to God's family and have everything we need is because of this. God is awesome, plain and simple. He is good, we've said it about four times today, God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. And he deserves glory for that. He's done it all because he loves us, because he's good. Why does he love us? I don't know, he, he's our father, he's a good father, he's good, <laughs> praise him. He's just really awesome, just like Daddy Warbucks and Orphan Annie, right? Yeah, you know, he's he's that awesome millionaire, he has endless resources and he always comes through at the right time to take care of Annie who who he just adopted because he loved her, I guess. And the same is true with us and God. So in that case our correct response, rather than worrying, is to what? Give thanks, to praise him, to offer our lives to him for his glory. Give glory to him. And the other point about that passage in Ephesians is just our earthly provision, it's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, physical provision, financial provision, that's the tip of the iceberg of the awesome, huge inheritance that we have through Jesus Christ. And we'll spend the rest of our lives in exploring the depths of that and eternity too about what it means to us to be adopted as members of God's family. So what we need is, what we really need is to be able to see ourselves and the provision the way God sees us and that is in the light of the gospel. Um, We need a revelation from him uh, to change our earthly thinking and viewpoint. And that is one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit which it says in the passage there. We've been marked with the Holy Spirit. Here, uh, if we continue at verse 15, it's a famous prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians then. He says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Right, didn't Jesus say that? The, one of the main purposes of the spirit. I have much more to say to you now, more than you can bear, but the spirit, when he comes, will impart, will communicate everything from that I have and give it to you. And all that the father has is mine and he will, that's why I say he will take what is mine and give it to you. Well, he's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He will reveal to us the heart of our God, God our Father, that we may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Has he raised you from the dead? Is it that same power? Has he seated you with himself in heavenly heavenly realms? It says that later on in Ephesians. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You know, if we could get a deep understanding of all that, that it just listed, would that make a difference in how we go about life day to day? Absolutely. Uh, We would definitely be seeing things differently. So, just thinking back to my dad. Ironically, one of the few memories that I have of when I was just like a toddler, a real little kid, um, was uh, on a summer vacation. We were at a swimming pool. My family was maybe it was at a hotel or something. And I was—I remember—I was standing by the side of the deep end, and somehow my my dad came over and grabbed hold of me, and I panicked because he he was standing in the water and he took me out into the deep end and you know it's ironic because I was a little child but evidently I had grown old enough uh, to rationalize uh, to distrust my dad (laughs) in that way because I was very well well aware that I would not be able to breathe if I went under that deep water and that uh, I could not swim and and I panicked and screamed and a very vivid memory. Um, it's not that my dad abused me or anything. He was just trying to, you know, carry me out in the water, you know? That should be fun, right? He was trying to have fun with me. And, um, you know, I was afraid he was going to drop me and cause me to drown. Now, obviously, he wasn't going to do that. He wouldn't have tried to do that, and he, he wouldn't have done that. He was strong enough to hold me but obviously I didn't trust him I was just very well aware of the problem that could happen even though I was only three years old and I'd already lost my childlike faith in in my dad in that regard Um, what if I had just trusted my dad in that situation you know he certainly would not have let me go and so that's that's the Thought will leave. I want to leave with you today. What if, what if you, what if we just trust our Father in whatever situation of provision of need that you find yourself in? Um, We need to believe that our Heavenly Father knows what we need and has promised to provide it for us. Then we're freed from worry. And that frees us up to do what to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness he does have work for us to do he's not he's not looking for us to be irresponsible or lazy he's got a plan for our lives and it's a good one Um, but see he wants us to focus on that and that's by his grace too right by the way but he wants us to focus on that not not worry about our provision Jesus was pretty clear about it, right? Do not worry. So our prayer this morning is Holy Spirit because it's through the Holy Spirit, right? He's the one spirit of wisdom and revelation to reveal to us things about God, the character of God, the word of God, directions from God so that we might know him better. So why don't we pray right now? And uh we'll uh, maybe the worship team can come up. Um I'm thinking that maybe Kathy you can come up here and join me, uh and maybe any any others of the elders that might want to come up, but um if anybody you feel like um you just really want to be able to trust God as your father as your provider. Um, we'll be happy to pray with you. You know. I, there are times I worry about. God's provision. And I. If anybody shouldn't worry about. God's provision. It should be us right. You know. There are times that we are weak. And we. Day by day. We need the spirit's wisdom. And revelation. To reveal God's. Love and his heart. As a father to us. So if you would like. Like. Um, just just prayer uh, for that revelation to be imparted to your heart uh, we'd be happy to do that Father We we give thanks and praise to you because you are a good father there is no one like you and there's nothing that we could ever do to deserve being adopted into your family but Um, you have desired it you have desired us because you are good and you love us and your love um, does not fail and you've got good plans for our lives and you've got work for us to do so I pray two things I pray that we'd be able to trust you that you will take care of everything we need and I pray that you would reveal your will that you'd give us grace to be able to seek first your kingdom your righteousness, and to to do that which you've called us to do, and to walk in your plan. Thank you that you're a Father who's involved us in your family business, which is seeking and saving the lost, and bringing um, bringing mercy and grace to a a world that is lost and dying. So, Lord, we offer ourselves to you. We come before you, and we just, Lord. What what we want to have is grateful hearts, not worried, not worried hearts, but grateful hearts, joyful hearts, giving glory to you. Lord, glory be to you, Father. We praise you. We thank you. We lay down our burdens, the things that you didn't mean for us to carry, um, to pick up what you have. And yes, that includes persecutions. We heard about that this morning. That you said... Uh, In the world, you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So we know that we will be okay in you. Father, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.